The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the daily football briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday the 23rd of August. I'm Ruben Pinder and today we're asking... How will Manchester City cope without Pep Guardiola? But on Sunday, the pain got so bad that he decided, in conjunction with City doctors, that he needed to go and have surgery. What type of player are Newcastle getting in Lewis Hall? Has a lovely left foot on him, can put in a great cross, but can beat a player too. And could Bayern Munich's promising midfielder Ryan Gravenberch be on his way out? Tuchel would be quite happy to sell and then use the money to bring in a more specialist defensive midfielder, which is something that he's been really banging on about all summer. You're listening to The Daily Football Briefing with Ruben Pinder. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has undergone back surgery and will be absent from touchline duties until after the international break next month. Assistant manager Juan Malio, who rejoined the club earlier this summer, will now take up Guardiola's duties until he returns, which means he'll be in charge for City's trip to Sheffield United on Sunday and for the visit of Fulham on September the 2nd. The Athletics Man City correspondent Sam Lee has the lowdown. Sam, how long has this been a problem for Guardiola and when can we expect to see him back on the touchline? Yeah, it's been a problem for years, going back to when he was in charge of Barcelona. He actually had some time off after a game against Valencia, I think it was, with acute lower back pain. and He's been managing it ever since. As you can probably imagine with his complaints about the football calendar, he's not also got loads of time to, to sort out his own issues. So he's kind of been managing it with different drugs and and massages and this kind of treatment. But on Sunday, the pain got so bad that he decided, in conjunction with City's doctors, that he needed to go and have surgery. And obviously, he doesn't need any waiting lists. So he flew over to Barcelona on Monday night and had it done. And yeah, he's expected to be back on the touchline after the international break. So he's going to miss the next two games against Sheffield United away and against Fulham at home. So in the meantime, Juan Malio will take charge in the dugout. What kind of assistant coach is he? And what's his relationship with the squad like? Well, he's been described to me as the most important and influential assistant manager that Guardiola's ever had, which is quite something considering he had obviously Mikel Arteta, but probably more importantly, Dominic Torrent, who was with him for the best part of a decade at three different clubs. So for Juan Marleo, who worked with him for two years before leaving last summer, to get that title, it goes to show how important he is to Guardiola. He's back now after Enzo Maresca and Rodolfo Burrell left in the summer. So it's fortunate for Guardiola that he's pretty much got a safe bet on his staff. And obviously it's fortunate now that Guardiola's not actually around the team that he's got somebody who can take on the mantle. Now, in terms of how he behaves on the touchline and interacts with referees and the matchday duties, that's fine because Juan Marleo has been a manager for well far longer than Guardiola has, so that's not new to him. And in terms of his relationship with the players, again, it's a great job that City got him back this summer because he was already there for two years and he was very, very close to the players. Most of them are still there. It will just be really interesting to see how it goes in these two games. Uh, I'm sure Guardiola won't leave it alone completely but Leo with his footballing ideas and his knowledge of how Guardiola works and the knowledge of these players he's pretty much a safe pair of hands. And in the transfer window what's the latest on Jeremy Doku? Yeah so 65 million euro fee agreed with Ren, um, medical booked in for Wednesday so obviously that one's traveling along nicely. In terms of what he brings to City well he travels along nicely actually. He dribbles so much he's a dribbling machine he dribbles so much but he's also very very successful when he does those dribbles he's not just running down blind alleys it's quite remarkable actually in terms of his dribbling I think he's dribbled more than any player since the start of last season around Europe that is 
He's very successful. I think he's tried last season. I think he tried 11.1 take-ons per 90 minutes with a success rate of 60%. It is incredible in terms of his dribbling. He's going to have to learn the decision-making of all City players, though. It's not because his is necessarily bad, but it's because Guardiola's demands are pretty high. Yeah, he's had some injury problems, but City have looked after Haaland quite well. They'll have to do it with him. Doku, 21 years old, off the ball, they're going to need to work with him as well. People I've been speaking to are already saying, you know, he might have that difficult first season that so many City attackers have. Well, wingers, because obviously Haaland didn't, but most of the others. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect too much too soon, but he's he's a very exciting prospect. And while he is so fast and so explosive, he is pretty similar to Grealish and Bernardo Silva and obviously Mahrez as well, who's left, in that he likes the ball to feet. He's a very close control dribbler. So, yeah, he, he does bring something new, but he is also quite similar to what they've got already or what they've had and it's pretty exciting to see how it will all pan out under Guardiola. Newcastle United have signed 18-year-old left-back Lewis Hall from Chelsea on an initial loan deal with an obligation to buy for a fee of £28 million. The England under-21 international, who made 11 first-team appearances for the West London side last season, has become the second Chelsea Academy product to head to St James's Park this summer. But what will he offer Eddie Howe's team? We're joined by The Athletic's Chelsea writer Simon Johnson to find out more. Simon, there was plenty of interest in Lewis Hall this window. What sort of player is he? So Lewis Hall is a left-back but actually prefers to play as a midfielder. Wherever he plays on on that left-hand side, he loves getting the ball at his feet, running at players, very aggressive, plays with a lot of intent and has a lovely left foot on him, can put in a great cross but can beat a player too. Very energetic, lots of stamina. And at 18, Newcastle got a real asset on his hands. One that can handle the big occasion, I hasten to add. He played at most of the, uh, inverted commas, big grounds last season. We're talking, well, Newcastle uh, was one of his uh, appearances. Um, He also played at Old Trafford, the Etihad. And he wasn't phased one bit. I'm pretty confident he'll be a success at Newcastle. It won't phase him, even though he's joining such a big club with a lot of expectation on his shoulders. Is this a bit of a shame for Chelsea? He's been there since he was eight and broke into the first team last year. Yeah, I I think uh, the news has been uh, greeted with a lot of disappointment in the fan base. And I'm sure there'll be people in the club as well, in the academy, they'll be disappointed that he hasn't, will no longer be part of things at Chelsea. One should always bear in mind that, and he's already said that and confirmed it in a new, Newcastle interview, that he comes from a family of, of Newcastle fans. He may have been born in Slough, but he's, his dad's a diehard Newcastle fan. So, yeah, you can imagine that would have played a part in, in his decision. But also, the prospect of minutes, don't forget. We saw he was barely used in pre-season. Then you have to look at the respective positions that he likes to play in on that left-hand side. So it actually makes a lot of sense for him to go somewhere else. I think the the disappointment, though, is that it's on a permanent, essentially a permanent basis that um, he's going to Newcastle rather than uh, the loan that a lot of the fans thought he was going to be on to, to Crystal Palace. Another academy product gone from Chelsea, which represents pure profit on their accounts. Was this part of the motivation for them to move him on? Yeah, FFP is is a big part of of Chelsea's thinking. You're not going to be spending these fortunes without having to make difficult decisions and and sell players. 
this will count as pure profit on the books when when it when the uh, the the fee of twenty eight million plus seven million add-ons is, is is actually triggered next year. So yeah, it was was a key part of um, Chelsea deciding to move him on. I think, and and Chelsea fans can't have it both ways. You know, you you can't celebrate the the kind of business Chelsea are doing in the market. These big buys and. And then moan when there's a, there's a price to pay. Um, it, it's a reality for all of us in life. We always have to uh, find a way of paying for things, and and this is the way, rightly or wrongly, Chelsea are, uh, have chosen to go about it. And um, and yes, Hall is going to be on their books as an outgoing now, and will undoubtedly be seen as someone that uh, is helping with FFP. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from the Athletic. Bayern Munich midfielder Ryan Gravenberch faces an uncertain future as the German champions weigh up the merits of selling the 21-year-old this summer. The Netherlands international is open to a move away from the Bavarian capital after seeing limited game time in his first season at the club. Our German football guru Rafa Honigstein is here to explain everything. So, Rafa, what's gone wrong for Gravenberch at Bayern? It hasn't quite worked out yet for Ryan Gravenberch at Bayern. The question is why? Is it down to him? Is the step up too big? from Ajax into a midfield that boasts Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka as the two f- first-choice starters and also had Sabitzer behind and Konrad Leimer this season. Players say he's great in training, performs really, really well, that he should be given more of a chance. But so far, both Nagelsmann and Tuchel, since taking over in March, have felt that others are slightly better, which for a young player who needs game time to improve has been hugely frustrating. For such a highly rated player in his youth, there'd presumably be a lot of interest in signing him. What are you hearing on that front? It's well documented that Liverpool are interested in him. They took an interest in him last summer before he moved to Bayern. And at the beginning of the summer, they made some tentative inquiries, seeing if Bayern were prepared to sell. The answer that they got was a very firm no. Since then, things have shifted just a little bit. Uh, with Thomas Tuchel making it clear through selections and uh, one or two discussions that he's perhaps not the biggest fan of Gravenberg, but the club still feel that it's worth waiting for a little bit longer to see if he can force his way in. Also, of course, there could be injuries. Then Goretzka has been quite injury prone over the last couple of years. That's why the club are reluctant, even if you feel that Tuchel would be quite happy to sell and then use the money to bring in a more specialist defensive midfielder, which is something that he's been really banging on about all summer. So if Bayern do manage to sell before the deadline, would they be looking to bring another midfielder in? One gets the sense that Bayern would only be open to selling if they had a definite replacement ready and available with time running out. I think it's more likely that they'll wait to reassess the situation in January and then maybe take a firm view of whether they want to continue or cut their losses and go somewhere else. Into the TV listings we go, and there's not a huge amount of choice. But let's start in America, where you can enjoy LAFC against Colorado Rapids on Apple TV+. And in Europe, there's some qualifying action. Hibs take on Aston Villa in the Conference League, which you can watch on BBC Sport. That kicks off at 5.45 UK time. And the pick of the Champions League qualifiers is Mulder against Galatasaray. Will Wilfred Zaha get top European action? Find out on TNT in the UK or Paramount Plus in the US at 8pm or 3pm respectively. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
I've been Ruben Pinder, your producer was Abby Patterson, and your executive producer was Ben Green. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe, and if you've got the time, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Abby will be with you tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. The Athletic.